All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Ben Affleck's return to the director chair. We are talking Air, the true story about Nike signing Michael Jordan for the Air Jordans. And I'm a big fan of Ben Affleck as a director, and so I was really looking forward to this one. And it delivered for the most part. And uh, we've got a great conversation coming up. Joining me over an awesome movie here this past week, we actually just covered Ben Affleck's Argo, which was the Best Picture winner in 2012, the year that Awesome Movie Year is currently covering. So because we just did that, I've got Josh Bell and Jason Harris with me to talk air. So we got a great conversation, all three of us getting into some puzzle pieces, and that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Last but not least, I do want to let you know we have a Patreon. If you never heard about the Patreon before, it's called the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, which combines bonus content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year. We're actually about to record a new Patreon-exclusive episode here in a week or so, I think, for Awesome Movie Year, but also have a bunch of Piecing It Together episodes that haven't been released yet sitting there waiting for specific dates to release, and you can hear them early. Also, lots of stuff from my music career, so check it out if you are interested in getting all of that content. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. Now, with that said, let's talk about air. All right, Josh Bell and Jason Harris are with us together. The awesome movie year, guys. How you guys doing? We can't escape each other. You know, the thing is, they, they said we want to do a big crossover situation for Sweeps Week, and here we are, you know. <laughs> sweeps Week. We did a... Pod, podcast Sweeps Week. Right, oh, so yeah. we did we did a awesome movie year with the three of us, now we're doing a piecing it together, and the network says they're expecting big numbers, guys. Yeah, mm. well, they're about to have their expectations <laughs> not met. Dang it, Josh. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the reason we're doing this today is because we just covered Ben Affleck's Argo on the 2012 season of Awesome Movie Year. We also had previously covered Gone Baby Gone on the 2007 season of Awesome Movie Year. So we figured who better to have on Piecing It Together to talk about Ben Affleck's return to the director chair for Air Hopefully, Jason could pick up the slack as a sports guy, since me and Josh don't know anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I can handle it. You know, I know you called me in for that reason, and also yes. because Matt Damon sure. dropped out. So, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll do my best to fill my fill the shoes, and we'll see what we can uh, deal with. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because you know, it's really the story of Sonny Vaccaro here, uh, who kind of spearheads this movement with Nike to say, like, let's go all in on Michael Jordan. And my guess is you guys never heard of Sonny Vaccaro before, right? No, no. not at all. No. I, I had heard the name Phil Knight, but but not Sonny Vaccaro, though. Yeah, F- Phil Knight, obviously, uh, you know, the founder of Nike, uh, but major figure who Affleck plays. Sonny Vaccaro was uh, someone who used to go to basketball camps. He was like a huge name, like he could help broker deals to get players, you know, to colleges and like one of these kind of like kingmakers of the high school basketball scene and, uh, you know, ended up working with a lot of different shoot. I think he had something to do with the AD, this ABCD camp and all this stuff. So 
he was uh, in that in that world for a long time but it's such a specific world right that i could see why that would uh be someone whose name you would you wouldn't yeah yeah and they do mention those basketball camps briefly in this film as i think phil knight mentions it as something that that he kind of started to promote nike yeah so i went to five star which was like one of these big time camps and then what happened is shoe companies started to come in and then they there was the nike camp and the adidas abcd camp and those were like for the best of the best of the best type players were so you didn't attend uh, no, those camps. Josh, that was not me. I uh, did. I felt like I career rounded out nicely, and uh, now I've rounded out nicely. So. Oh, <laughs> very good. I like that. But he's. Uh, I mean, Sonny Vaccaro was like we see it in this film, it, like briefly at the beginning. But he he was a a, a Vegas guy a lot too as well. Gambler, a, a shaker, a mover and a shaker. Who knows? Uh, I don't think that necessarily everything he did was on the level, but again, he was fighting against the NCAA and nothing they do is on the level. So like the enemy of my enemy type thing, I guess you would say, although Sonny Vaccaro wasn't really an enemy. He just didn't believe in the system, but I, I guess, and this really has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that Matt Damon jacked up movie star did a great job of portraying this kind of like uh kind of guy who just needed to find his way and, you know, had the paunch belly and uh, didn't want to ever run on the track. And I just thought he did a good job with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, and I don't know much about like Vaccaro, like you were saying that we probably wouldn't have heard his name, but like, he is like, obviously this is the Nike movie. It's the Michael Jordan movie, but it's like, he is a really great character to kind of build a movie around. He's such a go-getter and it's, it's an exciting story. I actually think there's, you know, there's more that they could do. They could do. He has led an interesting life. They could probably do another different chapter of the, of his life. But uh, but that's not why we're here, Dave. We're here to talk about the pieces mm. that together might influence the film Air. Yes. some, some <laughs> Jason has taken over hosting this podcast. Some might call them puzzle pieces. Jason, since you're so eager, what's your first puzzle piece here? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to take one right from Josh just to kick him right in the stomach. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> it's a Steven Soderbergh film called High Flying Bird. Mm. And it's all about the business of basketball and getting the best deals. And you barely ever see any basketball in it. And you could also throw a hustle in there, the Adam Sandler movie, which had a lot more basketball in it, but was really about the business. But I thought Soderbergh's High Flying Bird and the backroom machinations and the the wheeling and dealing reminded me of this play to get Michael Jordan to sign with Nike when Converse and Adidas were the kind of powerhouses of the brands and the industry. Yeah. And Jason, I know like you don't really like that movie, but um, I love it. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Well, that's so crazy to me, Josh, because I wanted you to be angry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what's crazy is, you know, I love Steven Soderbergh and I love basketball and I love these kind of like wheeling deal in business movies or shows like Succession, right? Which I guess you could even say is a puzzle piece if you want to. But uh, but yeah, that one I didn't uh, really love, but I would say that would be worth a rewatch for me. Yeah, I hope you would you would appreciate it on a rewatch. I, I definitely like that a lot. And I remember that came on the heels of a couple of Soderbergh sort of quasi comeback movies that a lot of people love that I didn't love mm -hmm. when he did Logan Lucky and Unsane and I was happy to watch High Flying Bird and really like it. I think another thing that is key, like influence wise in these two movies is that they're both about this kind of, you know, back and forth negotiation that results in the athletes 
getting like a much greater payout, mm, you know? Yeah, sure. And, and in high flying bird, it's sort of, it's set up almost like a heist movie. So you don't know exactly what the end game is. And, but it turns out to be basically that, that Andre Holland's agent character is getting uh, better compensation and, and better sort of terms for his clients. And here, of course, we have Viola Davis as Michael Jordan's mother making this groundbreaking deal about his profit participation in the shoes. Uh, and the agents as well, Josh, you know, you mentioned uh, the Andre Holland's character. And in this, it's super agent David Falk, played by Affleck favorite Chris Messina, right? You know, so oh, yeah. there's always, uh, it's interesting to watch the conversations. And one of the more fun parts between Falk and Vaccaro, because like, Falk is like so tightly wound and everything's at a 10 and his ego is so out of control. Whereas Vaccaro is just like holding on by a string and finds the humor in all of these uh, ridiculous situations. Those scenes played so well at the theater. Everybody was just going nuts for every single moment when the two of them were going at each other. And uh, it, it was really fun. I think that's going to stand out for probably the rest of the year. I think people will be talking about that. It's some of the best stuff at the theater this year. But uh, yeah. Josh already made this his number one film of 2023. <laughs> I, so, I liked it, but I would be I would be a bit disappointed if that was the, the result. That would be a bad year if that's how <laughs> things played out. Well, Josh, what do you got for your first piece? All right. Well, since Jason did take one that I was very uh, excited about, I will pick maybe the most obvious one because I feel like we should talk about it is cited in like almost every review that I've read, which is Moneyball, the film about, again, it's about sports, but it's really about negotiation. It's about the executives, the guys in the offices, the backroom dealings. It's a movie about people making phone calls, and but is really fascinating. And I remember going into that movie and thinking, like, not only do I not care about baseball, but I don't care about, like, statistics. And yet... I love that movie. I think it's really fascinating because it shows you a different side of this industry. And that's the same thing here. I think I had a general sense that like, well, obviously athletes endorse sneakers or whatever, but I think I didn't realize just how symbiotic that relationship is between mm. the, the shoe companies and the professional uh, athlete organizations and this showed me something that I didn't know about. And the same with Moneyball, and it did it in a really entertaining way. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, so many layers and so many uh, different relationships, like whether it's from the team to the player, the player to the company, the company, the agents, everyone, and they all kind of have to work together in some way. So definitely. You know, one of the things, and Josh, I told you about this, and, and I think Moneyball is an example, Hustle is an example also, um, is that, uh, and this is like, not a criticism, but I think this is one of the things that movies like this have to overcome is like, there's no stakes that mean anything to me because one, we know the results already. And two, it's like, I'm rooting for this rich person against this rich person. Right. And it's <laughs> right. like, you know, and that was one of my biggest things with hustle. They're like, you got to be the number one pick. And I'm like, really? Cause if he's the number three pick, he's still making millions of bucks and going to be just fine. Right. Um, but and that's that's tough for me to get past. But there was enough enjoyable stuff in this movie where I was able to just be like, let's just go for this ride. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But there's definitely for me in the back of my mind the whole time thinking this is just about how this like giant multi-billion dollar corporation became even more successful already. And yet it's somehow being portrayed as an underdog. That is something. In right. And, and, you know, Josh, that's a good point, because even in the movie, they were like, oh, our basketball division, look at these players that we're looking at. We have no money. But they make the point that Nike dominates the running sneaker industry already. So, like, there really wasn't as much as stake at, 
as like if we don't hit it this time, basketball's never going to be a Nike thing. Right. right, right. Well, uh Jason, you stole Josh's high flying bird. You also stole my hustle, which was on my list. Uh so I'll, I'll put it on the list anyway, but I'll jump ahead to another probably obvious one, Ford v Ferrari, uh also starring Matt Damon, but you know, I've seen the the phrase dad movie thrown around a lot with this movie. And these are both just like amazing dad movies, like just things you could totally picture your dad just loving every minute of. And uh, Carol Shelby kind of a somewhat similar character to, to what Matt Damon is doing here and needing to, uh, you know, get these deals together in order to make it all come together. And if he doesn't pull this one off, it's all going to fall apart. And uh, also around sports and everything, like there's just a lot of uh, comparisons that could be made there. Yeah, I didn't find that as interesting as this film, but okay. I know a lot of smack, people liked it. Just smacked you. What about you, Jason? I never saw it. It's on my list of things oh. to see. I don't know why I didn't see it. I'm a... What the heck's my problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to you, Jason. What's your next piece? Listen, we're talking about money. We have to talk about the movie that is all about money. Greed is good. It's Wall Street. Mm. Uh, a lot of uh, elements here where it's like, Hey, what are the intentions? Why are we doing this? Uh, yes, we're making other people rich uh, that might not have been as rich. But really, in the end, it comes down to everyone wanting their windfall, right? And uh, there is an element of greed is good. But there's also the element of like, hey, man, this is the guy who's going to put you on the map. So pay him like he's going to put you on the map. But, you know, the the money is the impetus of so much of this project. Uh, and honestly... Uh, the stuff going on behind the scenes with this project, with this new company that Affleck and Damon have formed to kind of help uh, get more equity for the participants, right? So, which might be an anti-Wall Street thing. But uh, it's interesting because, you know, you look at that, you look at the background, you look at the fact that this is an Amazon movie and this is eventually going to be just swallowed by the corporation and put on that streaming platform. And I just thought there were a lot of, elements here that gordon gecko would appreciate <laughs> sure yeah yeah i mean gordon gecko is sort of a villain though isn't he and and i think we're meant to like all these nike people even if we you know would take a second to reflect on the fact that they're just these giant rich capitalists but they're meant to be likable in i agree film. i agree i think maybe they made phil knight look a little like kind of like in his own yeah. orbit so to speak right you know but definitely the vicario character and um the Bateman character who they even give a monologue to to talk about why Nike is saving his relationship with his daughter. I mean, it really is. Like, if you could boil this movie down to 30 seconds, it could be a Nike commercial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I listen to the big picture. I love that podcast. And now they're talking about, like, are we in the point where brands are movies and movies are brands? And that's it. Is this the next evolution? And we hope there's more to it. But uh, I just wanted to add one more thing because we mentioned those three. We mentioned a lot of the actors. One actor I didn't mention, Chris Tucker, who steals every scene he's in in this movie. And I was watching it with my friend, and I turned to him like, this guy's too good not to be doing more movies. He's really good in this movie. But he seems to just kind of do whatever he feels like. I don't know if he was like friends with Ben Affleck or something that he got convinced to be in this film but he just seems to be off in his own little bubble there he really does it seems like he's kind of just taken that like he was so so big for that moment after rush hour and he was just like i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want for the rest of my life but okay so that's a good point Uh, with with rush hour and everything and huge hits you know we know that like 
But I think you see like how much more he has to offer sure. when yeah. something like this. And I just want to see him keep, you know, giving us those, uh, you know, surprise performances. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Josh, what do you got next? Well, uh, I, I will have to give credit to uh, numerous people on Letterboxd and Twitter who made the pun of we bought a shoe and go with <laughs> we bought a zoo. And it's not just because of the pun or just because of Matt Damon, although there are those aspects too. But it that movie is, I mean, it's it's more sentimental than this movie. Although there's a lot of sentimental stuff in this movie for, for a movie about a big shoe company. I feel like Cameron Crowe could have almost made this movie. Um, he would have like all the needle drops in yes, this film. Certainly all the, 80s the, music. Certainly the yeah. needle drops. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we bought a zoo, but again, it's, it's based on a true story. It's sort of this, on the one hand, it's like an underdog thing about the family who buy this kind of, you know, older zoo and they have to rehab it and make it into, you know, an attraction. And it also is about grief and whatever. But on the other hand, it's like, if you can buy a zoo, you're probably doing okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's that level of it too. I know there's a movie that is like, I mean, the reason I think people make that pun is because that movie has, and its title have become kind of a joke, but I have a soft spot for it. It was good. It was an underrated film. I mean, I think, uh, the natural next move is to combine these two for a franchise and we make shoes for animals. Totally. That sounds wonderful. I've actually never seen it. Um, I Should I see that movie one of these days? Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. I, yeah, I mean, again, I feel like it's it's sort of unfairly maligned because of its Cameron Crowness, and it's 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 sappy, but in like a, a way that didn't, to me, feel manipulative. It's a tough movie to pull off, and I thought he pulled it off. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, speaking of letterbox reviews, um, I saw Josh's letterbox review talking about how it's the best shoe commercial that he's ever seen. And that started getting me thinking about uh, other movies that feel like just a big commercial. And then because of Super Mario Brothers blowing up uh, this weekend, oh. I thought of the 1989 movie, The Wizard, which uh, I actually almost picked for my Dave's pick on our 89 season of Awesome Movie Year. <laughs> but I haven't seen since back then. I loved it back then. But uh, just a crowd pleaser that is designed to just play huge in, in the theater and is obviously all about a major brand that everybody knows and loves already. And just The Wizard, I doubt, holds up very well, but uh, I wanted to use it anyway. I would like to rewatch it. I actually thought about this for this too. Obviously, the difference is like uh, uh, the Mario was already such a you know massive, uh, huge hit, whereas like Nike basketball was just trying to find its way. But I did think about that. And Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Woods. <laughs> yeah, I that was at a time like in a brief period where I I was kind of into video games and I did see that as a kid and I think I liked it, but I yeah, I'm with you Dave, I doubt it. It holds up. And wasn't that like I I might be wrong about this, but wasn't part of the point of the wizard that they literally like used it to introduce the yeah. power glove? Yeah. <laughs> like, Mario glove and, and Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, more importantly Mario 3. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, the power glove was a big flop. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that the other thing about that movie is that it was actually produced like by Nintendo. I don't know what, if any, official relationship Nike has to this film. Right. Oh my God, if this is where it's all going. <laughs> it is. We have this whole trend. We got the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie coming oh, out. Yeah. Right. I feel like there's yeah. at least one other. Yeah, yeah Blackberry. There is at least one other. Yeah, yeah, yeah Blackberry. Blackberry. There movie. you go. Yeah. Yep. There's been a lot of uh, docus on uh, Netflix that are four parts about this and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Josh, uh, Dave, I'm going to go into my next pick here. Uh, you mentioned Cameron Crowe. I had a different Cameron Crowe movie, which was Jerry Maguire, 
Sure. Of course, the not just the sports agenting and the deal making, and I think that was like really on, but also I thought the interstitials here with Phil Knight like laying out the rules reminded me of the old agent giving you the different rules of you know good agenting. So uh, this is Cameron Crowe written all over it, bro. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, that, that's another movie that I haven't seen in forever, but I've been wanting to rewatch since last year, you know, with Maverick and everything and being on the Tom Cruise train. But uh, yeah, that that's seems like a really good character. one. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Maverick is in a plane, yeah. not a train. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Josh, what do you got next? What do I got? Oh, is it my turn? Okay. Um, so, well, all right. I'll, I'll stick with the sports and uh, go with King Richard, the film about mm. uh, Richard Williams starring Will Smith, which I did not like and, um, you know, was one of the few that didn't like it. Um, but I feel like it was an interesting contrast. I mean, first of all, there's the idea that, you know, and one of the things they do with Michael Jordan here is we basically we never really see him or hear him. He's kind of this off-screen figure. And that's not the case for the Williams sisters in that movie. But still, it's the idea that, like, here's a movie featuring some or one of the like most famous athletes of all time, but it's not really about that person. It's about like a support person here. It's about the Nike guys, but it's also about Michael Jordan's mother played by Viola Davis. And, you know, the idea here is that she is really looking out for his best interests and she's kind of taking point on these negotiations and the ultimate result that he gets this profit participation, which was this revolutionary thing, is something that comes from her. And, you know, I think that's kind of what they're trying to do in, in King Richard as well, to to prop him up as this guy who made all these great decisions for his daughters. And I guess the difference was in this movie, I thought, yeah, Michael Jordan's mom, go, go, Mrs. Jordan. I like you. You're smart. You're doing the right thing for your son. And in King Richard, I hated him and I thought he was a horrible father. Oh, yeah. But I feel like there's similar things going on. Yeah, I agree. It's a great piece. I, I hadn't thought of that, but that it really is kind of two sides of that coin. And uh, what, what about you, Jason? Have you seen King Richard? No, Dave, I haven't. And to tell you the truth, probably not uh, going to run out to the Will Smith uh, parade anytime soon. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I mean, he's also doing, I guess, an accurate but very distracting accent in the film. <laughs> Well, uh, I will go with um, one of the obvious ones when talking about these true stories of brands, but the social network specifically, though, because of just how many characters we're, we're following here. There's so many major players in this story from you're just talking about Viola Davis's character, uh, Jordan's mom, and then, uh, you know, Jordan himself just being in the background there to everybody at Nike and everybody, the, the guy who's designing the shoe, Matthew Mayer, I believe his name is the actor. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's so funny. Um, just so many characters in the social network as well. You know, you have the Winklevoss twins and Justin Timberlake and Sean Parker, Andrew Garfield, and they're just all these different characters and you you just get like a big tapestry of all these people who made this thing happen totally yeah that guy is another athletic favorite and is in uh maybe all of the other athletic movies definitely gone baby gone uh i think maybe right. the town as well yeah. yeah yeah i don't think he was was he in argo i mean we just we just watched <laughs> not argo, not argo I but uh, yeah i think all the other ones possibly even live by night he is also in the the latest Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Nice. Mm, right on. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that one yet. Check it out. Can you do an impression of uh, 
Like I, it was a Casey Affleck who did the Dunkin' Donuts uh, SNL. SNL yeah, that's yeah. a classic. Watch that is that. great. Oh yeah, Dunkin'. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that that's that's my last piece. Do you guys have any other pieces you wanted to bring up? I, I want to just say, and this could be this was a tough one to figure out. I was trying to think of like what's a movie that kind of represents streetwear or something that brought you know culture to the streets and everything, or showcased that element. And going on the complete opposite end of what Michael Jordan did here. So through my research, I look back and I know it's not the same. But if you look at something like Rebel Without a Cause and everything it did for like the fashion of the kids at the time, I felt that was like a kind of something. Whether you want to say that or you want to pick another movie, uh, just something that really influenced the fashion of the time. Because the Jordans changed the way that, uh, you know, fashion was worn and how basketball sneakers became, you know, culturally significant beyond the court. Right, right. I mean, I feel like, does is the movie itself going to have that kind of influence, though? No, but I'm saying I wanted to... I see what you're saying. You're saying I should have picked a movie about another fashion item that somehow got... Uh, or, or, like, about a... Uh, pop cultural instance that kind of influenced fashion of some type. I, I mean, you should pick whatever you want. I was just asking a question. I could, I could see people dressing up as Ben Affleck's Phil Knight uh, for Halloween this year. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe it wasn't accurate, but I think there's something to be said about how the shoe changed street culture. And what is the equivalent of another movie of blank chain street culture? Yeah. 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 No, that, that makes sense. And I mean, I assume that that Air Jordans are still quite popular. I don't know if if this movie is a big enough success if that would like rejuvenate their popularity or if that they would but even use that. There's nothing to rejuvenate. It's <laughs> yeah, that's billions a year. I'm sure. I I, meant, I wasn't <laughs> saying like this movie will rejuvenate it. I'm saying right. There's no need for it. That's why we you know they're so popular. They made a movie about it. I'm just saying they did. It, I, I I was trying to find another item that there was a movie about that you know. Right. Uh, you know, but, you know, hey, what do I know? I mean, no, I understand what no, you're saying. Good I'm stuff. Trying to further our discussion of Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Josh, anything else you want to do? Uh, throw in I'm, there? I have a bunch more, but I don't need to run through everything. And some of them are very similar mm. uh, to kind of what we talked about. But um, I'll just mention two things. One, and, you know, we t you, you brought up the social network, and that's Aaron Sorkin. And so another Aaron Sorkin thing that I thought of was Charlie Wilson's War. Mm. And the idea, obviously, the, the war there is a much bigger deal than Air Jordans, although maybe you could argue that it's on the same level in some ways. But but no, I think the I'm point... I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a large, like, cultural, global influence. I'm not going to do it either. But um, <laughs> the point being that that is a movie about this, you know, major global thing, but it's really about, like, the backroom dealings of it and how these kind of not well-known eccentric figures were the movers and shakers behind this huge thing that everyone knows about. You know, everyone knows Air Jordans, even if you're not a basketball fan or whatever, yeah. but you don't know Sonny Vaccaro, you don't know Phil Knight necessarily, or even Michael Jordan's mom. So that, and of course, you know, I, I feel like I'm glad Aaron Sorkin of 2023 did not write this film, but I do feel like this is an Aaron Sorkin-esque story or whatever that they're sure. they're aiming for some of those rhythms yeah absolutely it seems to be playing in that kind of ballpark there and it's like a, a lot of really interesting characters all with very fun scenes and all that but yeah it thankfully doesn't get into that sorkin territory though so yeah yeah um 
And just to finish the the whole like corporate branding movies, I I wanted to mention The Founder, the movie yeah. about the founding of McDonald's. That was on my list as well as one of the ones I might have brought up. But uh, de- definitely, I mean, it, it fits in there, especially given the time period. Yeah. So that's all. I'll, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, McDonald's changed streetwear. Yes, it did. Sure. <laughs> they you get did. the big red shoes that are very popular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will read down our finished puzzle list here, and we'll get into some closing thoughts. We talked about High Flying Bird, Moneyball, Hustle, Ford v. Ferrari, Wall Street, We Bought a Zoo, The Wizard, Jerry Maguire, King Richard, The Social Network, Rebel Without a Cause, Charlie Wilson's maybe. War. Yeah, maybe Rebel Without a Cause. And The Founder, of course. Uh yeah. A- any closing thoughts? Anything, uh, Josh, we'll go with you first. No, I liked it. I mean, I think the the praise for it has maybe been a little overstated, mm. um, but it's a very, like I said on Letterboxd, it's, maybe it's a shoe commercial, but it's certainly the best shoe commercial I've ever watched, and I really enjoyed it. I kind of would be disappointed if this was a big best of the year front runner by the end of the year, just because I hope for better stuff. But I'm happy to see it succeed. I, you know, in a week when we also had a uh, brand extension in the Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> yeah. which I know, Dave, that you loved. Oh, um, let's not go that I'm, far. I like I'm it. glad <laughs> that this movie found uh, a little room for its success as well. Sure. Yeah, it's so funny to me because, like, this movie is, like, made for me, right? Like, it's basketball, it's wheel and deal, and it's all these actors that I like. It's Affleck directing in a very fast-paced thing. I mean, the whole closing montage is to board in the USA. Like, what more could I ask for, right? <laughs> but I like it. I don't love it. I don't, like, a lot of people, like, uh, really are praising it as, like, oh, it's going to be up for best picture and this and that. I think it's just a good, fun movie and totally worth a watch. But, like, uh, and yes, like, but what's so, what's funny, Josh, is, like, you're, like, finally, you know, like, a cool adult drama, right? That sweet $30 million movie that we're missing. But, of course, it's $90 million. because Yeah, but hey, pieces. whatever. You know, if Amazon wants to pay for it, at least we got it. At least it was made. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Got to pay for those needle drops. But, uh, yeah, totally. I, I feel like, it, would I be right in saying, in you guys' opinion, that, like, the problem with the movie is the lack of stakes? Like, it never really feels like it's not going to work out. And, obviously, we know how it goes. But it never feels like it's not going to work out. I think that's something. Yeah, because like we knew, we know the stakes. I mean, we know what's going to happen in Argo. Yeah. But Argo really ratchets up, and we talk about yeah. it in our episode of Awesome Movie, or they do a great job of keeping that tension going. Yeah, I mean, and I do think for me, a big thing of it is, is that like, I can't really entirely get over the idea that this is just about a big company that fucks people over and (laughs) dominates our culture in many ways and is presented as an underdog and i can't 100 percent buy into it even though i like buy into the movie but because it's this true story that like you can't get rid of that larger context yeah you guys wear nikes i don't Mm. but not for like any protest reasons i'm a a new balance guy (laughs) (laughs) i wear nike freeze which are the opposite of stuff like this the like closest thing to barefoot possible so very nice uh uh unrelated viola davis home run every time out oh yeah oh yeah she's she's very good in this definitely and and she's you know there were these a lot of these are characters who are sort of you know glib and sorkin-y in their own way i mean and she's always like oh here's here's some like human emotion yeah that's going on in this film as well i also really liked uh the husband i really liked uh jordan's dad he's great yeah the james jordan character did you think it was i thought it was interesting the fact that they like barely showed michael jordan like you know you i don't think we ever saw his face in the movie no not at all 
Right. Yeah. No, and that's clearly a choice. And I think Ben Affleck said something along the lines of that, like, he's not the right filmmaker to make a movie about, like, Michael Jordan's life. And I think that's fair to recognize, like, yeah. that's, you know, sort of not my wheelhouse or whatever. I did want to mention one other thing, and I was trying to think of a puzzle piece that that might relate to this. And I don't know if there are other movies that do this, but I thought like stylistically, one of the most fascinating things is when Matt Damon gives this big speech, Sonny Vaccaro gives this big speech about sort of like speculating about the future of Michael Jordan's career, which he's all, of course, like 100% right about. And as he does that, they intercut that with real footage of Michael Jordan from throughout his career, like up until the present day. And I just thought that was a really interesting, unexpected choice. And I don't recall ever seeing any other movie do that in that particular way. And I thought it was really cool. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought sim uh I was on it's different, but there was definitely a noticeable kind of stylistic change when uh Vaccaro goes to meet George Raveling, who Marlon Waynes does a great George Raveling impression here. And you know, the, there's a little floaty in this throughout the movie, but the, here this is very handheld and very kind of more raw and visceral. And I don't know. That was an interesting choice for that because that was like a real kind of fun, uplifting story. It wasn't like a down, you know, you got to dig deep. You got to get that grit, you know, which you think might be that lend itself to that style of camera work. So, hmm. Hmm. yeah, no, that that's an interesting choice. And, you know, maybe in the postscript, what they say about how like they credited that meeting as like such a major part of all this being able to come together. So maybe that's the the reason for the difference in uh, in the way that's filmed. But that's a good point, though. Uh, you know, l last question, we'll kind of close this thing up, but uh, where does this fall? You know, as long as we're doing this as a crossover event with Argo, where does this fall in you guys' uh, Affleck rankings as a director? Okay, I can answer that. It's uh, four out of five for me, but that's not a knock on it. It's uh, just that Argo is so good, so that's one. Then I would put probably Gone Baby Gone at two. The town at three, but the town's really good also, yeah, right? Yeah. So this falls right underneath that, and I like this movie. Live by Night, we're going to say is an aberration, and we can just scratch that one all together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I might rank it basically the same. I might rank Gone Baby Gone above Argo. I, I really like that a lot when, when watching it again, but... Um, I will say that it's a testament to how consistent Affleck is that I even like Live By Night. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the only people who thinks that movie is good. And I still would put that as number five and put this a, maybe a little bit above it. Like, he's really, really solid. And I think that's one of the reasons where, like, you come into this movie and you think, really, that's there's a movie about that? And Affleck makes it work. Yeah, absolutely. The Affleck comeback's in full effect. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so. I, I can't wait to see what else he does. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be in the exact same spot as Josh. I put Gone Baby Gone at the top, but then... Everything else the same ranking as both of you. But uh, yeah, I think that does it for Air. You guys want to recommend movies you watched recently? We don't usually do that on a two-guest episode. But if you got stuff you want to shout out. Josh, what'd you watch? Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, realized that we might do that. So I was like frantically looking <laughs> stuff up on Letterboxd. So I will recommend a new movie that I enjoyed, which is called Rye Lane. It's a British romantic comedy that's currently on Hulu. It was a big thing at the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. And it's just, it's not like reinventing the form necessarily plot wise. It's like two people kind of have this, you know, little meet cute and they spend the whole day hanging out together and getting to know each other. But it's visually very creative. It's a real showcase for this like neighborhood in South London. Um, the acting, the both of the stars are really charming. It's funny. And it's 82 minutes long, which I love. Mm. And it's just a nice feel good rom romantic comedy that you can watch at home on Hulu. So Riley. 
I'm excited to watch Rylane, to be honest with you. I've been more uh, watching uh, stuff like TV stuff lately, Josh. So I'm looking at my letterbox and I see Dirty Work watched last month, the old Norm MacDonald movie. Hell yeah. Which is really an anti movie if you watch it. He really just uh, lets scenes go on too long just to get jokes in and. Really just plays with the form in a fun way. So I'm going to say go back and watch Dirty Work again. I completely agree. Everybody should do that. It's so good. Uh, plugs. Let's go with you, Josh. What do you got? Well, we got Awesome Movie Year. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's Awesome Movie Year. It's awesome. And it's a podcast about movie years. Yes, so um, we are doing our season on 2012. We had our Argo episode recently maybe depending on when this comes out Mm -hmm. and uh, we got more cool stuff from that coming up we're kind of getting toward the end of that but uh had a lot of interesting discussions there so awesomemovieyear.com uh awesome movie year on facebook and instagram awesome movie pod on twitter check us out in all those places and wherever you listen to podcasts um my stuff not much of it really at joshbellhateseverything.com, but also Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook, at Signal Bleed on Twitter, and at Signal Bleed on Letterboxd. And if you're here in Vegas, check me out on KTMV Channel 13 on Fridays at 11 a.m. Yeah, go visit Josh at his house. He loves visitors. You can see my couch every week on TV. It's great. <laughs> Jason, how about you? That's everything Josh said. Cool. That works. Yeah, Jason Jason cosigns watching me on TV. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Watch Josh on TV. I'm with it. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, doing the show, and I look forward to next time. Yeah. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation about air. Thank you to Josh Bell and Jason Harris for joining me on that one. Make sure to go check out our Argo episode of Awesome Movie Year, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to Piecing It Together right now, you can also find Awesome Movie Year. We covered Argo, and a few years ago, we also covered Gone Baby Gone, so lots of Ben Affleck to listen to us talk about. And, of course, while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together. If you enjoy the show... Drop us a five-star rating and review. I'd really appreciate that. It definitely helps get the word out about the show and gets more people to check it out, which is what we're here for. So uh, also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. I told you at the top of the show about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. Make sure to check that out if you want to support the show in that way. But, of course, just keep on listening, and I'm happy with that as well. Let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. I was trying to think if I have anything specifically basketball-related, but I I don't think I do. So instead, I'm just going to go with something good and upbeat. Uh, This is a song called Ascend from my album A Different Kind of Dream. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.